0: Let's send our feet. Let's glorify the King this morning. Let's praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, this soul is torn and beat, left without reason to move on. Then you reached down and brought me up from me who try Call me from the grave. You rescue me. I hear the song. I hear the song of victory ring over me. And I hear the song. I hear the song of victory ring over me. And I hear the song. I hear the song of victory. I hear the song of victory ring over me. I hear the song, I hear the song of victory ring over me. I hear the song, I hear the song of victory. God that saves, you're the one that rescues me, you rescue me. You are the God that saves, and you call me from the grave, you rescue me. Father, thank you for rescuing us from the the sin that we was in, Father, the life that we lived before. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son to rescue us from the miry clay that we were in. We trust you, Lord. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And he's been the fourth man in the fire. Time after time And born of his spirit And washed in his blood And what he did for me on Calvary Is more than enough Cause I trust in God My Savior, the one who will never fail, He will never fail, and I trust in God, my Savior. Perfect submission And all is at rest I know the author of tomorrow Is on my steps So this is my story And this is my soul. In my reason, King and Savior, all the day long, I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never. Sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I saw the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I saw the Lord. I tried so hard to see it Took me so long to believe it That you choose someone like me To carry your victory Perfection could never earn it You give what we don't Deserve it. You take the broken things and raise them to glory. who has conquered it all Now I can finally see it You're teaching me how to receive it So let all the striving cease This is my victory now I can finally see it. you teaching me how to receive it. So let all the striving cease. This is my victory. Cause you are my champion. The giant. Defeated every battle you won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with comfort, and I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. It all Since shadow, every wall comes crashing down I have the authority Jesus has given me When I open up my mouth Miracles start breaking out I have the authority Jesus has given me When I lift my voice and shout Every wall comes crashing down Giants fall when you stand undefeated Every battle you won I am who you say I am You crown me with confidence I am seated In the heavenly place undefeated by the power of your name i am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all you are my champion and giants fall. When you stand undefeated Every battle you've won I am who you say I am You crown me with confidence I am seated In the heavenly place undefeated By the power of your name I am seated In the heavenly place undefeated With the one who has conquered it all Such an awesome God So mighty So holy So wonderful, such an awesome God. So selfless, so generous, so faithful you are. You call the sun to rise. You lay it down to rest And you hold this heart of mine And you hold my every breath Such an awesome God So mighty, so Such an awesome God So selfless So generous So faithful you are Seated in majesty Reigning in hope the table is set for me for you are the living bread such an awesome God so mighty so holy so wonderful such an awesome God So selfless, so so generous, so faithful you are. Oh, nothing comes close to the Lord, oh my. Nothing is as sweet as his love and mercy. As sweet as his love Such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, so wonderful. Such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous, so faithful you are. Jesus, the Son of God, hung on a cross to die, but not even death itself could hold you down, for you rose. Father, you're faithful. Father, you're faithful even when we're not faithful. Your promises are yes and amen. Oh, yeah, you're an awesome God. And holy are you, Lord. Holy are your ways, in reverence we come, in majesty you reign. So in this moment now, heaven's drawing near, Lord, fill us with your power, let us see your glory. Our God is in no consuming fire. Our God is in all consuming fire. Our God is in all consuming fire. Yes, our God is in all consuming fire. Worthy are you, Lord Worthy of our praise We're laying down our lives Oh, we lift in high your name So in this moment now Oh, where heart and mercy meet God, let your fire fall Oh, consume this offering God is an old-consuming fire Oh I God is an old-consuming fire Yes I God is an consuming fire Our God is an old-consuming fire yes, And holy are you, Lord, and holy are your ways. Oh, in reverence we come, in majesty you reign. So in this moment now, heaven's drawing near. Lord, fill us with your power, let us see your glory here. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Oh, our God is an all-consuming fire. Oh, our God is an all-consuming fire. Yes, you are, oh Lord. Our God is holy you are holy you are holy who is like you there's no one like you you Woo! Hi. No So you. So move like only can do. So no anything apart from you let it fall away let it fall away if it's not what you want to do and anything apart from you let it fall
1: Song in the one before that we were singing about our God is an awesome fire, and we talked about being a sacrifice. Now we're singing because He's a holy God, we want Him to anything that's not of Him to fall away. Can I tell you, He's gonna burn it away. Just this morning, in my time of the Word listening to the, to the word and the part that jumped out at me was when the people came to John the Baptist and they were asking him are you the Messiah and of course we know most of you know that John responded I'm not he he said he's, a, he's among you you don't even know it But then he goes on and says I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes his sandals he said but he will baptize you the one who's coming after me will baptize you with holy ghost and fire holy ghost fire and 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 that all said boy you know full gospel pentecostal charismatic people we go woo! yeah we want fire but do you realize what fire is for he said oh i want to sit by the fire and Ooh, just feel warmth. That's not the fire he's sending. He's sending fire to burn away everything that doesn't belong. And if you don't believe that, read the very next verse. Because John responds. He said, for his winnowing fork is already in his hands. And he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. and And the chaff he's going to burn up. That's the reason he's coming with Holy Ghost fire, is to burn up the chaff. The chaff is the worthless part of the grain. He said, God is not interested in in, in you playing good on Sunday and bad on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if you want Holy Ghost fire and you say, Lord, I want the fire, I want I want your presence, I want everything to fall away, understand he's sending the fire of God to burn that stuff away. Spiritually, he's saying, I'm going to put it under a microscope, I'm going to put my finger on it, and I'm going to send my fire that you prayed for, you sang for, you asked for, and, and, and listen, my friends, how many of you have ever gone to a bonfire and it was real nice and all of a sudden the fire got really hot and you had to kind of back away from it? You know, there's a lot of people in church like that that go, Oh, I want God. And God just begins to magnify some things and want to put his hand on it, and want to take it away. And they go, Oh, and they back up. I think God's looking for some people who are saying it. Lord, I, I want you to burn it all up. Anything that doesn't resemble you, look like you, mirror you, I don't want anything to do with it in my life in this year. I, God, put your finger on it. Let your Holy Ghost fire come and let it burn because, God, you are an awesome God. You're a holy God. There is no one like you, Lord, and I want to come into your presence uninhibited and with excitement and expectation that's what it said about the day of John the Baptist the people were filled with expectation looking for the Messiah well you know most churches today people aren't looking for Jesus they're they're looking to to, do religious time doing their duty but I, I believe there's a hungry people here in the Acadiana area who are saying, God, we're not satisfied with just doing, ringing the bell, so to speak, checking off the box. I did my religious thing. Now I can go do my thing. No, God wants to send Holy Ghost fire into your life. And if that's you this morning, right where you're at, here, I just feel impressed to do this right now. If, if you're ready to say, Lord, I want Holy Ghost fire to come and consume everything that's not of you in my life. And understand, when you pray that, God keeps good records. And he's going to begin, I'm telling you, he's going to begin to do that almost immediately. And if that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand? You don't have to lift it super high, but just lift it up and tell him right now, God, I come. I come into your presence and I say, send your Holy Ghost fire. Do what you want to do in my life this year. Do what you need to do in my life. And God, I will cooperate. I will submit myself. I will yield myself to the working of your Holy Spirit in my life this week. Let's sing that again. Let's sing
0: that again. Let it burn away. away. Let it burn so come and fill this room or anything apart from you let it burn away let it burn away if it's not
1: Holy Spirit we pray let the Father's purpose be done in our lives do your work do your work do your work in our lives that Jesus might be glorified he might be magnified he may be exalted that we he might be mirrored in our lives that when people see us they don't see us they see Jesus God this isn't some kind of religious mantra or desire or, or, or anything. This is, this is our heart cry. Let them see Jesus. John said, I must decrease and he must increase. That is still true today, Lord. We must decrease and you must increase in our lives that you might be seen through our lives to those who are looking for an answer of hope in this world in which we live. So, Father, we pray now, let your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to receive communion this morning. You can be seated if if you'd like going to ask the gentleman to come at this time and begin to pass out the elements. We do not have a closed communion. If you do not know what that means, a lot of churches, you have to be a member of that church to take communion. We believe that you just need to be a member of the church, the body of Christ. You need to be born again by the spirit of God you, you need to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I say a follower, I'm not talking one from a mile away. I'm talking about right there in his inner circle, right? And, and uh, thank you. There are two cups together in case you haven't, don't know. One will have the small piece of the bread underneath and the and cup of juice on top. let's just take a moment again now as we've prayed for the holy spirit and fire to come into our lives and to work his work the bible says that when paul was speaking to the church in corinth and the believers there he said some of you have taken this this uh this communion together and in a false manner and that you have not examined yourself in other words you've done it with unconfessed sin in your life and because of that, he says, some of you have become sick because you've taken it and drank the cup unworthily, and even some have died. That's some serious stuff there. And so why don't we just take a moment, and you ask, ask God, is there anything in your life you need to confess before him? You don't need to confess it to anybody else, but you need to confess it to him and repent of it and ask for his forgiveness right now. Holy Spirit, that's what you do. You convict the world of its sin, and you convict the church also. And if there's anything that, God, we need forgiveness for, we tell you now. And, Father, we just thank you that your word says that if we repent, you are faithful to forgive us our sins and purge us of all unrighteousness Thank you, Father, for that blessed forgiveness. Has everybody been served the elements that wants to be served this morning? Is there anyone who is not? I'm reading from Luke's Gospel this morning. And he says he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and then he gave it to them saying this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me when we take this small piece of bread it is in remembrance of what christ did his life was not taken the bible says that he laid it down for us willfully laid it down for us and the purpose of it is that we might be forgiven of our sins every one of us is born with a sinful nature sin comes naturally to the human being but Christ came to redeem us and reconcile us to our creator and so Father we thank you for the precious gift of your son Jesus whom you gave you surrendered and allowed him to come and he willfully chose to lay his life down for us and so Lord we take this piece of bread in remembrance of the great price that he paid that we might be reconciled and have a relationship with you and we do this now in his precious name. Amen. You can take the bread. And it says, in like manner, he took the cup after supper. And he said, this is the cup in the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But see, the hand of him who betrays me is with me at the table. Indeed, the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man to whom he was betrayed. But then he tells us something else that's very unique. Luke's gospel records it for us. And he tells us, take this cup and divide it among you. In other words, pass it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I do it with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. Most of us who are followers of Christ, who are believers, he is preparing a place. And he said, I will do this with you when we are joined together in my Father's house. So we take this cup and we say, Thank you, Lord, that the precious hope that it resides in who you are, the resurrected Lord, the resurrected Christ, that Father, this cup reminds us that this home, this earth is not our home. This is a temporary dwelling place. You've gone to prepare a place for us. And that, Father, when we gather all those of all the ages that have believed in you, We will take this cup again in unity and in unison together for the glory of your name. And so we do that now, looking to that day when you shall call us home. In Jesus' name we give you praise. Amen. Take the cup. Now take a moment and give him thanks for what he's done for you. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I said praise God. Amen. Amen. Folks, this is not it. This is this is just a, a, when we get together, it's a reminder of what he has done, is doing, and going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you and give you glory for what you're doing. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray, speak to our hearts and change our lives. For the glory of Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let me welcome you this morning to Life Church. We're glad that you could be here, and uh, uh, we're just thrilled that you would be and honored that you would come and spend time with us today. And and uh, I'm looking forward to if I haven't met you, please before you leave. Let me have a chance to shake your hand and get to meet you and and uh, say and greet you personally, and um, and 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 if I have met you, you can do that too. <laughs> Amen. Let me make a quick announcement that Pastor Tracy, our children's pastor, has asked, um, and the the announcement's up on the screen right now that uh, the Lit Crew, the leaders in training, uh, if you're interested in finding out more information about this program for kids. Uh, Ages 11 through 18 make plans. There's a meeting upstairs immediately after the service this morning. And it says existing members of the Lit Crew and at least one parent must attend as well. This is an annual thing that she does. And we are so proud of, of those young people who have been a part of the Lit Crew for so many years. Many of them have gone on to do great things for the Lord uh, in the vocational world and in ministry and and i'm just telling you it, that's a top-notch thing and and it would be something i sure would want my children to be a part of so she asked me to make that announcement and then i'm going to make a, a separate announcement um, how many of you know there's there's uh, a little bit cooler weather coming people i always ask me pastor are you ready for the- There we go. Uh, it's cold, but it's not cold, cold. Um, and, um, but uh, it is a wet cold. Believe me, there's a difference between a wet cold and a dry cold. And, uh, but, uh, we, you know, I see some bad weather coming or predicted. I always figure if they're saying it, it probably won't happen. And if they don't say it, it will happen. And, and this one's a toss-up. So anyway, um, we, we have prayer on Wednesday morning here at 5 a.m., and, and, and there's a number of people who come, some come from a good ways, to join us. I, I hope I don't offend you, but I, I'm going to tell you to stay home and pray this Wednesday morning, since it's supposed to be about 10 or 12 degrees, not counting the wind chill, And because uh, I'm going to be up watching, if you don't know, we are on a well system. We don't have city water here. And uh, I'm going to make sure I learn the first year. To make sure that pump on the well does not freeze up and I can put blankets and I can put heat lamps and I can do all kinds of things and that won't stop it it'll still freeze up so I want to make sure uh, I came out one year and uh, a pipe out here uh, in in the front of the house where the RV hookups and things are had burst and we had a frozen old faithful about 14 feet in the air and it was a sight to behold. It really was. And, um, but what's bad is when the pump freezes up in the well house, it takes a long time for that thing to thaw out. And it, and it doesn't look like it's... So anyway, I'll be praying with you, but I'm going to be doing it from my house. And you stay home and, and pray. And we'll pick it up again next week. Is that all right? And I mean, somebody would say, Whoa, I thought you were a prayer warrior. Come on down. And, uh, but I, I'm going to make sure that the pipes don't burst, the pump stays going, uh, the sewer plant doesn't freeze up, and, and pipe in and here in the church. Tr- got a lot to take care of. And so, anyway, so we're going to skip on that, okay? Amen. <clears throat> Thank you for your tithes and offerings. Uh, Many of you will be getting your giving statements by email. If we have an email address for you, uh, we will be emailing it. If not, we'll be printing it out, and we'll we'll be mailing them out this week. uh, With the cost of postage, we're we're emailing a number of them. If we have an an email address, if, if you've changed your email address, or you've not given us one and you want to do that before you leave, please do that. Otherwise, we will be mailing them to the address that we have. But we thank you for your faithfulness in giving in 2023. Thank you for the beginning of 2024. We have offering boxes in the back for your envelopes uh, or checks. Uh, We have an app that you can download from either uh, app store where you can do it online. And we have a text to give program. So Um, Thank you for all of you for being faithful with the Lord's tithe. I said the Lord's tithe. It belongs to him. The message this morning uh, may seem a little strange, the title, but this is the one that came to me. It says, One More Night with the Frogs. And uh, if there's one constant in life, and, and is that we will encounter or we will... Instigate um, some dumb questions. Hello. You're either going to encounter. See, I don't want anybody to go out here and say, "Pastor, just call me a dummy." I did not say that. You will encounter people with dumb questions, or you may want, from time to time, say something and go, "That didn't come out right. That's not what I meant." Right. Um, uh, comedian uh, Bill Engvall uh, has made a living responding to dumb and obvious questions that weren't thought out. And I'm not going to play any videos or anything, but there's just some of them are just too, and, and the 99% of them, he said, are all real life stories. He says, because you can't write that stuff. I mean, it just happens. And so let me just tell you, one time he was talking about he was in the Buffalo Airport, Buffalo, New York Airport, because they had lost his luggage. The airline had lost his luggage. And so the employee says, can I help you? And he says, yes, you've lost my luggage. I'd like to find it. And the employee, looking straight at this man, says, has your plane landed yet? (laughs) And he responded, no princess, I'm having an out-of-body experience. I just thought I'd come check and see if it made it. Can't make that up, all right? One day he said he and his son were flying a kite in the park and a guy walking by says, y'all flying a kite? And Bill just said, nope, fishing for birds. (laughs) You know, And, and this one of all of the ones I've heard, this one's my favorite one. He talks about the fact that he was in, a, in, a, in the city and, and he was uh, at an elevator waiting in the ground floor and an elevator waiting and a man walks up to him and the man looks at him and goes, excuse me, are these the elevators that go up? And, and Bill says, no, these are the elevators that go side to side. The ones that go up are down the hall. And the man walked down the hall. <laughs> Come on, and you know what the scary part is? Most of those people are driving. <laughs> you know, and you know. When I was a kid, uh, we used to have a saying: "Ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer." You know, and of course, I was told by one of, a pastor's wife where I was on staff, and and the senior pastor's wife told me, "Don't ever use the word stupid." I said, "But it's in the dictionary, and it def- it's there for a reason, right?" But I'm not going to call anybody stupid. Because I'm just going to say there's just sometimes that um, we ask not so smart questions, right? And then you just look at the person like, did you just really ask that? And, you know, you just have that look. You don't respond. You want to, but you don't because we're Christians, right? <laughs> and listen, it's a brother, sister, and Lord, and then we have fun with one another. But some questions may seem to have no meaning, but when you stop and think about it or dig a little deeper, then you find that it's just opposite, that it's not without meaning, there's something to it. And when you think about it, you find out that the more you think about it, you find the meaning, you find there's, there's a purpose in asking that question. I read an article this past week that really got me to thinking along this line. And, and, and I don't remember anything about the article. It, it was written by a, a priest, a, a Catholic priest, about something. but the title of his article caught my attention. And in the first statement there, there was this, this thing hit me, and it said, did you know that in the Gospel of John, Jesus' first words are a question? And I thought, no. And so I tried to think of what those words were, and I was wrong. So I opened the Gospel of John, and, and I closed that article down, and I went to the Gospel of John, and the very first words that Jesus utters that John records for us, okay, is found in John chapter 1, verse 35 to 38. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the first few verses to give you the setting here. It says the next day, John, speaking of John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. And it says that when he saw Jesus pass by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Now look at this next part. And turning around, Jesus said to them, and uh, saw them following and asked, What do you want? Now, boy, I remember hearing that as a kid growing up. I'm the oldest of seven kids. And from the oldest to the youngest, we're a little over nine years apart. You know, and so my mama, you know, kids were always coming up to, Mama, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And I'm sure there were times that she was more animated than that bless her heart, you know, what do you want? How many of you know there's that you could say it in many different ways? Like, what do you want? You know, or what do you want? They, I, I, you get the picture, right? Jesus turned around and saw these two guys following him and goes, what do you want? And, and it seems simple enough on, on the surface, but I think Jesus was really going somewhere with this. He, he was really digging deeper than probably what they even thought. I mean, I think if, if you break it down, Jesus would have been saying to these guys, if you want to follow me, if you want to know where I stay, if you want to know where you, you, you want to get to know me, you must first know what you're looking for. So when he says, what do you want? I can hear it. Why are you following me? What are you looking for? What do you expect to find? Why are you doing what you're doing? See, we, we just read it and go like, hey, what do you want? But I think Jesus was going somewhere even deeper with it. Because when I read that, I felt just a moment, I don't know how to explain it, but this impacted me and I felt like the Holy Spirit was whispering that question to the body of Christ this year. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Why are you following me? Why are you coming after me? Why? 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 You know, I mean, I used to hear that growing up. Stop with the whys. But I think God wants us to answer the why. Because we're going through the motions and not asking the why. We're not asking. God, saying why. What is it you want? What are you looking for? Because you... You know, I, I've told this story before. I had a dear friend, pastor friend, one of my best friends. He, he died uh, of a blood aneurysm several years ago. He's in heaven today. And I love him. And, um, but he, he woke his family up one day and said, everybody grab a suitcase with stuff. We're leaving it in 30 minutes on vacation. Nobody knew anything about it. And his wife says, well, I've got work. She, he said, Call in, take your vacation time. We're leaving in 30 minutes. And everybody gets in the car and they're, they're all like full of questions. Where are we going? What are we, what, what, we're going on vacation. Where are we going? He goes, I'll tell you when we get there. And, and so I asked him, I said, so Mike, where are, you, where are you headed? He goes, I don't know. I said, what do you mean? He said, I just figured when I see someplace or whatever that look good, that's where we'll stop. And I'm like, I'd kill you. I, I, I would knock you senseless if you woke me up, jump, push me in a car, and you have no clue where we're going. I'm like, do you, I said, I used to be a youth pastor. And when we'd go on trips and they'd go, are we there yet? And, you know, I want to turn around. That's one of those questions. Yeah, I want to turn around. And I said, are we, are we stopped? Are you off the bus? Have you got your suitcase? No, we're not there yet. Quit asking. Are we there yet? Well, then they would say, how much further? When we stop, and get off the bus, and you get your suitcase, you'll know we're there. Don't ask how much further. Nowadays, I couldn't say that because everybody got a phone and they could figure out how far away it is, right? But I believe God is asking that. What is it you want? Because in chapter 5 of God, John's gospel, we read the story where Jesus comes to the pool by uh, Of the sheep gate and and uh, at the pool of Bethesda, and he finds a crippled man who 's been lying near that pool for thirty eight years now it 's not that he never left the pool it 's just that he I'm, he had someone who would pick him up and bring him back or whatever but for thirty eight years he stayed there because the rumor was or the story was that every so often an angel would come and stir the water. And once the, you know, in a, in a pool that's, that's not got a live spring feeding in it, the water's not moving. And when the water would begin to move, the first person to get in the water would be healed. And so for 38 years, imagine this now, 38 years. That's almost a generation He'd been sitting by the pool and Jesus comes by and the Bible says he learns of the man's condition. He learns that he's been sitting there for 38 years and here's what he says. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd been in this condition, now a long time he said to him or we would say he asked him, right? Do you want to be healed? Again, Jesus ask a question now I don't think the man was sarcastic I don't think he thought no I'm just laying here because I got a great view I don't think that at all but you would think his response would be yes right to the point but look what the next verse says and it says sir I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. I don't know what Jesus thought at that moment. I assume because of what he did, he had compassion on the man. But scholars report that when Jesus Said this, the tense of of the writing that he he asked him, "Do you want to be healed?" Was not like, "Would you like to be healed?" It was, "Do you want to be healed?" It was direct. It was matter of fact. Like, "Don't give me any excuses." Don't you know? Do you want to be healed? And instead of responding, "Of yes." Of course I do. Like the blind man, Bartimaeus, when he heard Jesus was coming by, he's screaming. Everybody's telling him to be quiet. And he just got louder. And when Jesus came to him, he said, what do you want? He said, I want to see. But in this case, he goes, sir, I don't have anybody who can put me in. And, and, and And I know you don't read the Bible like this. You probably don't, but I I stop and I talked about it Wednesday night. I've kind of put myself in that situation and think about it. And, you know, and if I had been following Jesus, I would have been thinking to myself: You mean for 38 years, you couldn't find anyone to help you get in that water? You couldn't come up with a plan or a solution or something? I mean, do do you do you really want in 38 years you? Do you really want help or do you not? Or have you just become accustomed to living with the things that have become a plague or uncomfortable in your life? See, I know a lot of people who say, I want God to help me. I said, how much do you want him to help you? A lot. I said, Are you ready to do this? Uh, Just that one pause tells me no. They're not ready. They're not ready. And you can try and convince them all you want, and they're not going, they're not until they're ready to go, I'll go anywhere, do anything, get out of my way. (laughs) I'm just telling you. This is the world we live in. Even more so today, we have more excuses. I'm like, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, yes. Those kinds of questions provoke a response in us. And I think the Lord has a question. For us this morning, those who may be watching by way of the internet, I don't know. What would you like to be? When would you like to begin experiencing God's miracles, God's power, God's blessings in your life? When? I don't remember the quote exactly, but I remember hearing it many years ago you have today what you wanted yesterday. You have today, you are where you are today because of choices and decisions you made previously. Now, some people will say, no, some things I understand there are some things you can't control. But many of us have settled for less, and we drop the bar and go, that's the best. And when God says, I have things for you that you know not of, we drop that down to here where we can understand it and we can, re- we can walk in it instead of stretching ourselves back out to receive what God wants to do in our life. Some of you might be saying, well, that's a silly question you put up there on that screen. Everybody wants it now. Who wouldn't want to experience God power immediately in their lives right now? Can I tell you that most people don't? They say they do, but they don't. And actions speak louder than words. Right? In the book of Exodus chapter 8, we have the story of Moses going to Pharaoh. You know that whole story, right? God sends Moses, and Moses says, I can't do it because I stammer, you know, and, and so God sends Aaron along to be his, you know, uh, to do the thing with the, the staff and the rod, and, you know. I mean, it's an incredible thing. And we know about the plagues and all those kinds of things. Well, one of the one of the things that came about was that, as 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 pharaoh became more stubborn about letting i mean moses said let me take my people the jews into the desert for 3 days that we might worship the lord and and moses continually hardened his heart and in chapter 8 uh, one of the plagues that came was a plague of frogs okay Now, this wasn't just like you found a frog on your back doorstep or found a frog on your front doorstep. Folks, we're talking about like they've fallen out of the sky frogs. And if you think that's not real, that's happened before in the world. Search it online. You'll find photos and videos of it. I mean, a weather condition will whatever. But I mean, you know we say raining cats and dolls no they were raining frogs big frogs little frogs I remember when my wife and I and our early in our marriage uh, we had been traveling in ministry on the road and uh, um, but during the summertime we were working on college and university campuses but during the summer the universities were closed and so um, the little bit of work that we would garner by faith by working in frat houses sorority houses and stuff Um, we didn't have any work and so I got a job a seasonal job at Disney World that's back when Disney World in Florida all they had was the Magic Kingdom there was no Epcot or anything so it was big compared to Disneyland and uh, but it was you know anyway so I I got a job there and and but we didn't have a phone but right next to our mobile home in the trailer park the mobile home park there was a, a phone booth some of you kids don't know what that is And I'm not talking about the little thing hung on the wall. I'm talking about where you open it, go inside, and close it, and a light comes on. You know, it's a full-length thing, like the old Superman thing. You know, you go in there, and da-da-da-da, here comes Superman, you know. And so the other way we could get a hold of family was to use the payphone, and you had to have coins. And you'd call the operator and say, I want to make a long-distance call. And believe it or not, you used to have to pay for long-distance calls. And some of you get getting a history lesson. And, and, um, and, you know, they would say, well, that'll be $2.75 for the first three minutes or four minutes or whatever. And then, you know, so you'd go in with like a roll of quarters and dimes. And, and they'd say, and you'd hear this thing, they'd cut you off in mid-sentence and put 35 more cents in. And you'd be trying to get it in before you get disconnected. And so the very first time, my, my wife's sitting right back there. She'll tell you this is truth. We, had, we, we called home. Our parents have had something, and um, when in in that part of California I mean that part of Florida, they have a species of frog called tree frogs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They're little tiny frogs, and and the crazy thing is they stick to the glass you know of everything you know and and at night the light goes right through them and you can see their hearts beating and everything. It's creepy, you know? So the first time my wife and I decide we're going to go make a phone call. So back then we were a little bit smaller than we are now and we we squeeze in that telephone booth and we slam the door. And the minute we slam the door, the light comes on, but like a million frogs fall down on top of us, and they're sticking and crawling, and and we're trying to get the door back open. My wife's screaming, I'm screaming, the whole neighborhood hears us screaming, and I op- we're trying to open the door, and I'm like, get out of the way! Ah! Yeah, that's the way. We're gonna go. And we get out of the phone booth, you know, and we'd already put some money in. And so the operator probably hears us screaming on the other side. And we're like, oh, oh, it's going down my shirt. You know, and and and, and we're stripping. I'm running for the house, peeling clothes off because of these frogs. That's what I see when I read about Pharaoh. Pharaoh. I'm saying, baby, they weren't just little frogs. They big old frogs, little frogs. I mean, bull frogs, every kind of frog that there was, man. You knew there were no Cajuns in that land because there wouldn't have been no frogs. <laughs> Am I right? But God sent a plague of frogs down on Egypt. And Pharaoh is out of his mind. I mean, because they're in your beds, they're in your clothes, they're in the closets, they're in the the the, the kitchen, they're they're everywhere. And he calls for Moses, and this is what we see. And it says he he says to to Moses, Stop with the frogs, talk to your God and stop with the frogs. And look what Moses asked Pharaoh. I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs except for those that belong in the Nile. So he's saying, you pick the time. You, I honor you with that. You choose when you want it done. And look at the next verse. Tomorrow, <laughs> Pharaoh said, "It will." And Moses replies, "It will be as you say, that you may know that no one like the Lord, no one is like the Lord our God." Tomorrow, you're infested. Your people, you personally, are infested with frogs. And 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 Moses says, "You tell me the time. I will pray." It will stop, and he goes, tomorrow. One more night with the frogs. One more night with the frogs. Why would anyone want one more night with the frogs? Here's the truth, and that is that each one of us get to decide when we want to start experiencing the blessings and the miracles of God in our lives. God says, you tell me when. You tell me when you're gonna get serious. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You tell me when you're done playing games. You tell me when you're going to quit listening to everybody around you and start listening to me. When are you going to start hearing the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? When are you going to quit listening to other people who have a half-hearted resolution towards God? Why are you listening to them? When are you ready for the plagues to stop? When are you ready for the blessings of God to begin to work in your life? When? When? Now, please don't take this wrong, but I would venture to say that every one of us in here, or most, I'm just going to put it that way, have some frogs in our life. The thing that annoys you, drives you crazy, keeps you from experiencing God's fullest in your life And God is ready to get rid of it. And he says, when do you want it? When do you want? You say, well, I don't have any frog. Maybe your frog is in the mailbox and it's stamped past due. Maybe your frog is the reason you can't maintain healthy relationships. Maybe your frog is spiritually related either in your work or your calling, ministry, whatever. I don't know what they are. We could make a whole list of them. Go down the line. doesn't matter. We've all heard the promises of God. We all say we want them. The scripture says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness and all other things. Say all other things. All other things will be given unto you jesus said i have come that you may have life and may have it what abundantly we know that the apostle paul in philippians 4:13, what does it say i can do all things through christ who strengthens me even in the old testament in the book of malachi malachi sorry my italian kind of slipped out there you know, you're Italian, it's Malachi, you know. Hebrew Malachi, you know. But the prophet says in Malachi 3 and 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. In other words, he said, if you'll be faithful in this, I'll get rid of the frogs that are eating up all your money. We hear these promises and we want them. We could go on and on and on with all the promises. We want to experience them in our life. And yet there's, for some reason, we say tomorrow. The, I couldn't help it when I when I began thinking about this. The uh, the that that song from the musical Annie came to mind. Tomorrow, tomorrow, you know, I love you tomorrow. I mean, I, I, that, that that all day yesterday that was going through my head. I kept going stop, but it was like it was like. I could hear it. You know, tomorrow, Jesus, I'll say yes to you and make you Lord of my life. Tomorrow, I'll get my prayer life together. Tomorrow, I'll set aside time to study your word. Tomorrow, I'll forgive those who have wounded me or seek forgiveness for those I have wounded. Tomorrow, Lord, I'll get involved in that ministry or that thing, that outreach that you've been calling me to. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. What kind of frogs are you putting up with until tomorrow? And the question we need to ask is why would we want to spend one more night with the frogs? Here's a few reasons. I'll make them real quick. The first one is we want to s- more time to solve things ourselves. See, I think Pharaoh told Moses tomorrow, hoping that somehow he could figure it out before tomorrow ever came, so that he wouldn't have to listen to Moses God. So he wouldn't have to recognize there's some higher power than him, because Pharaoh was God in Egypt, okay? He wanted to figure out how he could get rid of the frogs over by himself some more time, you know it's like the person who's wrestling with alcohol that began with just a social drink here or there and now all of a sudden they, they need more several drinks per day to get through the day or the and their friends are warning them hey we're noticing you're drinking a lot more and everything and the person goes I know I know I'm going to take care of, I'm going I'm going to stop tomorrow or like the family man who's working 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 at 60 70 80 hours a week and 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 and, and his fa- his family's you know, uh, coming second to his job and his friends and even his coworkers and family members see this and they mention, hey, you're working a lot lately. Maybe you need to pull back and take some time with your family. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I finish this last project, once I get through this last thing, I'm going to be able to get some time. We want more time to figure things out ourselves. And the second reason we, we put up, we say tomorrow is we're afraid of the outcomes Of following god pharaoh was used to um paying the con he wasn't used to paying the consequences for anything he was king he was he was pharaoh he was used to giving orders and if things went bad he was used to blaming somebody else for the failure he didn't he didn't have to take accountability he didn't have to do it and they would have to pay for his mistake it's one of the reasons I left a business that I was involved in and, and at a young age and was very successful at it. But I got tired of the fact that when things would go wrong in one of my, my stores, I got the blame. But when everything went right and the bonuses came through, my bosses took the credit. I know none of you know about anything about that, right? And I said, you know what, I'm going to work for myself. If it fails, it's all my fault. If it works, it's all my fault. It's all my credit. Pharaoh was used to giving orders. I want you to think about this. He never experienced the miracles of God except in a negative way. I had somebody say, he never experienced the miracles of God. I said, that's not true. What do you call frogs? And flies. Water turning into blood. Fish being killed off. The firstborn... Of every human and animal being killed. That's supernatural stuff, not the side that I want to be on, on the receiving end of. And then the third reason we, we say tomorrow is we don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want to humble ourselves. We, we struggle with submitting to God. We say, no, I don't. I always, no. come on we all at times struggle with submitting to God. We tend to push God off the throne of our lives and put ourselves back on the throne. And then on Sunday, we come in and Pastor Justin goes and picks a song that says, Lord, you reign in my heart. You have control. You have this. And we oh, God just touched me. Well, he just dethroned you. And you put him where he belongs. But by Tuesday, you've kicked him out and you've got back on the throne. And then we wonder why we're not at peace. Because we, by nature, want to be self-sufficient. And instead of saying tomorrow, we need to say today. So let me give you just a couple reasons why we should say today to Jesus. Because if you keep saying tomorrow... Your plagues could get worse. If you think, she said, well, What do you mean? Well, the, it didn't end with frogs for Pharaoh. What happened? The frogs quit and he hardened his heart. So God brings flies. I don't know about you, flies is worse, much worse. I took about 60 kids one time on a missions trip to Central America. We went to a church way out in the mountains somewhere. And when we pulled up to that church, all of a sudden, our white vans were covered in tens of thousands of black flies. And when you couldn't, we turned the windshield wipers on and they just, we were surrounded. You know why? Because a farmer had spread manure the day before all over the fields around the church. There were literally tens of thousands of flies. You couldn't open your mouth without flies going in. And you'd say, Pastor, I'm not going on any mission trip. <laughs> no, I asked first, make sure. Are they're not spreading manure, are they? Because God's calling us elsewhere. I'm just telling you, it was the worst day. There was no plate. We brought our own food. You couldn't pull out a sandwich. You couldn't do like this, trying to. They were everywhere. And, 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 And church, people were clapping like crazy. They weren't clapping to the music. They were clapping to kill the flies. I'm not kidding you. Ask my wife. She's sitting right over there. One of the few times I got her to go on a mission trip. And I wonder why she didn't want to go anymore, you know. (laughs) You know, it's like the person, again, who struggles with alcohol and keeps putting off getting help. And then one day, they're not feeling well, and they go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you have cirrhosis of the liver. His plague just got worse. Or the man who's working, 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 and forgetting about his family, and he comes home one day and finds a note. We're gone. And his plague just got worse. The Bible has some interesting things about putting things off till tomorrow. In Matthew 6, 34, it says, Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble as it is. Proverbs 27 and 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Why should we say Today? Why should we say today? First thing is because tomorrow may never come. Tomorrow may never come. James four, thirteen and fourteen. It says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know that what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist. It appears for a little while and then vanishes. And the reality simply is this that when we say tomorrow to God, we really mean not today. When you say tomorrow, you're telling God, not today. And if you're saying no to God, guess who's in control? Who's on the throne? You are. And for many people, tomorrow never comes. And Jesus had a word for people who put things off till tomorrow. He told a story in Luke chapter 12. He told a story about a man who, who built great barns and continued to bring in his harvest and said, then once I get all this done, then I'm going to sit back and look at what I've accomplished and, and, and I'm going to enjoy life. And it says in Luke 12:20, but God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. I know that may seem hard, but we need to understand that it's not tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. You mean there's no hope for me tomorrow if if you get there? But you have to also understand the Bible says that God draws us to him. And it is through the drawing of the Holy Spirit, the pulling to, of the Holy Spirit towards God, that we're able to come to a place to make a decision. Every time we say no, we're hardening our hearts. We harden our heart. That's what happened to Pharaoh. He, he, every time the plague would get, quit, he'd say, just for that, from now on, you got to go out and get your own straw. Next next time, he said, next time you got to go do this. He would get angrier and angrier, and his heart became so hard until finally the firstborn, even in his household, he couldn't protect. Here's the thing. The good news is this, that God has a wonderful today for those who will say yes to him. He has an incredible today. It's really a simple process of receiving God's miracles and powers in our lives by ex- accepting his plans, his way, his rulership today. So how do we say yes to God? We trust that God's ways are always best. Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you know it. For God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I think the most difficult thing for us to accept is the fact that no matter what God asks us to do, his plans for our lives are always going to be better than anything you can come up with. Our only breakthrough comes, our only breakthrough comes when we let God... Have his way by trusting him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we know it. So many of us know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. God has a wonderful today plan for us who will say yes and we got to trust that God's way is best. And then the second thing and final thing is we need to say yes on a daily basis. I know a lot of people who say yes to God in church. Or they'll be in some meeting somewhere and God tugs on their heart and they'll say, yes, God, yes. But the next day, they change their mind. And they go back to their old ways. And, and I've literally, when I was younger, I would see people when they had the old wooden benches or as my friend used to say, them benches. <laughs> they would white knuckle the pew or the bench. They're grabbing so hard, their knuckles would turn white to not let go. Because they, they felt God calling, pulling, drawing, and they're just white knuckling. I had a guy one time say, he said God can have it if he can get it out of my hand. I just stepped back. 'Cause I thought, buddy Pow And when you drop your hand's gonna go like that, but it's too late. You didn't give it. You lost it. We have to say yes on a daily basis. Matthew six thirty three, we read it earlier. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. If we're going to rely on Jesus, we have to make a daily declaration of yes to God. We have to remind ourselves. So I'm just going to close by asking you this question. I have one question. This is it. And we're going to pray. I asked you earlier, when would you like to begin experiencing the miracles, the power in the blessings of God in your life? When? And you have a choice. Go to the last slide, please. Will you spend one more night with the frogs? Or will you tell Jesus, today is the day I fully surrender all my life to you? Not with reservation, not with an exclusion clause or an exception clause or a buyout clause or anything like that. How many nights more will you spend with the frogs in your life? Or will today be the day that you say, here I come, Jesus. Nothing held back. Nothing held back. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment right where you're at. And this is between you and God and me. And you say, well, why why you, Pastor? Well, for one thing, I'm the mouthpiece asking the question. But Jesus said, if you are ashamed to acknowledge me before men... I will be ashamed to acknowledge you before my father. So it's you and God and me. And if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Bob, I'm tired of putting up with the frogs in my life. I'm tired of putting up with those things that I know don't belong there. But they're there because I have been unwilling to surrender. I have been unwilling. I have been putting off and saying tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a better day. Tomorrow I'll get this worked out. Tomorrow I'll figure this out. Tomorrow I'll get help. Tomorrow. And you're ready to say no more tomorrow. Today's the day. I'm going to ask you to do a very bold thing right where you're at. I will not call on you to embarrass you in any way, but I'm going to ask you to do a very bold thing, and that is simply would you stand right where you're at and say, Pastor, pray for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't stand because somebody else is standing. You stand because you're saying, God, I've been making excuses. I've been putting up with things. I've been putting off i've been saying i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i want to get all this worked out when i want to have some more time when i have this that no god says are, are you ready to quit living with the frogs are you ready for god to do something and take those things out of your life then this is the day this is the moment right now and i'm going to pray for you but you need to pray right where you're at you call on god And you tell them what you're feeling inside, what you're sensing inside. I don't know your heart, but God does. He knows you better than you know yourself, so don't lie to Him. He hears you, and He knows you, and He sees you right now. And I want you, as I begin to pray for you and other brothers and sisters who are sitting down, would you just begin to pray for those who are standing right now. And I want those of you who are standing, I want you to talk to God. And you tell him what you're tired of living with, what you're tired of putting up with, that you're tired of making the excuses, and ask him to forgive you and ask him to do a mighty work and a mighty change in your life. Just call out if he was here right now, Jesus is saying, What do you want? Why are you calling on me? What is it you want? You tell him right now in your own words, right where you're at. Father, I just pray for these people who are standing up all from one side to the other side of this building right now. This is sanctuary. God, you know their hearts. The Holy Spirit's been pulling and tugging on their heartstrings. And God, they're saying, no more nights with the frogs. No more nights with this stuff. No more excuses. No more putting on. I'm not putting it off anymore. Today, Lord, not tomorrow. Today, I give you my life. Lord, I surrender my life. I surrender everything about me. I surrender everything god i want peace in my life i want the peace that passes understanding i've never had peace i want your peace god because i surrender everything to you today is my day i want you to say it if you're standing i want you to say today is my day today is my day god today is moving in my life god today is doing a work in my life that only he can do And I am so thrilled that I'm here today because God is doing a work in me. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. Holy Spirit, burn away the chaff. Take away the frogs, the plague. The unholy things, the unclean things. Take it away. Not tomorrow, today. My life begins today. Jesus, today I am selling out to you. And every day, Holy Spirit, remind us. We need to make that declaration. Jesus, today is the day. Today, I'm following you. Today, I'm going after you. I'm not putting off what needs to be done today. Thank you, God. Father, I thank you for each and every one who's, who's standing in this place. Anyone who may be watching by way of the internet who's standing and praying right now. God, I pray for them also. Lord Jesus, show them this revelation of truth, this simple truth that it's not tomorrow where our hope is found. It's in you today that, God, we trust you. Your ways are better than our ways. Your ways are higher than anything we can even imagine the greatest mind on the earth cannot begin to imagine the things that you have prepared for your people, Lord God. So I thank you that God, we are not under condemnation, but we have surrendered to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And today begins a new walk, a fresh start A fresh beginning that will not end. Will not. I will not go back and sleep with the frogs. (laughs) I want you to say that with me. I will not go back and sleep with those frogs. Come on. Come on. I will not go back and sleep with those frogs. God. God. Has something great in store for me. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Come on, do you believe it? God has something great in store for you. No more going back and sleeping with those frogs. No more. We're done. That day's behind us. God's called you to go out and tell somebody else who's sleeping with the frogs. There's a a way out for you. And that way is Jesus Christ. And the power of Jesus Christ. And the cross of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Christ. And the word of Jesus Christ. There is a hope, not a wish, a solid for sure way to be delivered from those things in your life. That's why God does what he does in your life and in my life so that we can go tell the same story to someone else. I expect to hear testimonies in the next week or two of people in here. In fact, I I would ask you to do this. If you're comfortable, you don't even have to tell me who you are. You just put an anonymous note in there. Then you say, Pastor, God spoke to me this morning about this and I surrendered this in my life. Whatever it may be, you don't have to get detailed about it but I want to rejoice with you and I want others to be able to rejoice with you because the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies you have to have the opportunity to testify to the greatness of what God has done Amen Heavenly Father we just praise you and we thank you God you loved us so much that you gave a love that was beyond human comprehension And and you gave your son Jesus. And he came willingly and laid down his life for us. But you raised him back up again. That we too might be raised unto newness of life, the Bible says. We have a new life found in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that you cared enough to pull us out of the pit. And set us on a high place. That God, we no longer have to sleep. In that pit and that mire, and the, with the plagues of life, we praise you for that. Now I pray, God, that you would embolden each and every one who stood up with the with the joy of God and and the spirit of hope. Let that explode within them. Let them realize that today was not an accident. I don't know who you are. You may think you came because someone asked you to come or drug you here. They may have asked you, but it was the leading of the Holy Spirit that drew you to this place for this moment today. Because God knew you needed to be rescued from your tomorrows. (laughs) The way they were going. Father, we just bless you and we praise you for this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you need special prayer for anything, please come. There'll be a number of us that will pray with you and pray for you.